Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business. Chris Kidd, recurring regular on the program, uh, co-hosts many segments with me, uh, particularly in the finance, entertainment, and uh, sports business state space. Um, coach extraordinaire in the money space, and in fact, we uh, call him the money man around here. Here, we love having him on the program. And I got to tell you, I've been doing radio now since. Uh, really since the 90s, uh, but this show since 2001, one of the longest-running business shows in the country, in fact, and I have done some interviews over the years. I'm very grateful for that, and I would say among the greatest were ones that uh, Chris brought to the program. Chris, always love having you on. Your website is chriskid.com. I encourage people to go there to learn more about him and what he does in terms of uh, coaching and uh, helping people really achieve their goals financially. Welcome to the program. Why don't you uh, go ahead and introduce your guest today? My uh, my guest today is uh, Brad Deitzer, and uh, his last name is spelled uh, D-E-U-T-S-E-R for our listeners. Um, he is the founder and CEO of the company uh, called Deitzer, which is his last name, and uh, they do uh, coaching uh, for leaders and, and all kinds of uh, different things um, in different areas as far as business and uh, entertainment, finance, uh, all kinds of things. And he is the author of uh, a new book called Belonging Rules. So uh, good to have you on, uh, Brad. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you do. I'm so grateful. Thanks for having me. I, I uh you know, at our core, we, we help people. We love to help organizations. Um, my work really takes us in the, in the heart of challenging uh, organizational and uh, uh, organizational issues. And uh, we work with leaders on teams to help them uh, create a, a more human approach to change. And since uh, it feels like everything's in transition and change, uh, we're, we're getting to do a lot of things right now. Um, and at the core of what we do is work with leaders to create more human-centered leadership and uh, to find ways to really invite people in, the workforce in, to our hopes and dreams and future and uh, really, create, uh, really create these powerful movements that are driven by belonging. Yeah, yeah, and and I think obviously the the heavy focus on belonging has always made sense, but probably now more than ever since COVID. And I know that's something you're talking with me about. Talk about that. Yeah, this is this is it's a very unusual time. And if you think about the world events right now that are creating disconnect, you look back to COVID, different social issues over the past several years. There's a real disconnect in our society. There's a real disconnect within our own organizations. And, and overlaying all of that is what we call this epidemic of loneliness. And that epidemic of loneliness is really exacerbating some of the issues that we're, we're experiencing right now. And so how we as leaders, how we work with leaders to, to bring people back into the fold, to reconnect them in different ways to each other, to themselves, to their teams, to their organizations. That's the opportunity that we have right now. It's, it's to address the real underlining societal, social issues that, that are impacting us all. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Chris? Yeah, it seems like uh, since COVID, there's been uh, 
you know, a spike in people like battling depression and stuff like that and, and going through uh, different things. Um, talk a little bit about uh, some of the people that you work with and in the, like, in the business world, um, what can you, like, what are some of the things that you see in there and, uh, and some of the ways that you're able to, to help some of the leaders uh, that are in the business world dealing with different issues and, and change, like you said, uh, change is one of those things that is the only constant that we have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ch- change is everything right now. And uh, it's, it's so funny, people, people don't like talking about change, but it's, it's what's happening. And I think that when, when change happens in organizations, the way that we, we, we make it more effective and more palatable is by focusing on people first. It's not just on the operational piece of an organization. It's not just on the finance piece of the organization. We start all change with the people part of the, of the equation. And we start with people. We're able to create systems and support networks to drive that change and to sustain that change. And it really is at the, at the very core why we wrote, why I wrote belonging rules and why we said, you know what, we want to address this fact that one out of two uh, uh, people in in the world uh, are are lonely, the fact that there is disengagement, the fact that there is increase in uh, a decrease in psychological safety in our companies. And it's why we wrote uh, the book. It's why I came up with the belonging rules. The five rules are designed to re-engage the workforce and to tackle some of the more complex issues that leaders today are shying away from as in fear that it's going to create even greater disconnect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and interesting to watch. Uh, they were saying as, uh, a few months ago, I, I don't think the numbers are as strong because I haven't seen as many stories, but as many as two uh, uh, large-scale shooting type events a week on average. Which I remember when those used to be unique, and of course always despised. Uh, but a lot, I think, a lot of this has to do with people in their own worlds, frustrated, alone, hurt, angry, and uh, and of course it's a very complicated uh, situation beyond that. But I think all of that contributes to this, and I really appreciate what you just about what is going on with the managers and, and people in, in, in leadership because the reality is is that there are so many forces today about what's appropriate, not appropriate, how rules can be changed about that in human And I'm not saying they shouldn't, but it's made things more complicated. And you look a lot at, at these stories that uh, take place, uh, people going coastal at work. There's just a lot of forces that were uncommon, which was great in the old days, that I think makes uh, work really difficult and, and really hard to, to even think about doing something you suggest. Uh, you're, you're, you're dead on on that. It's, it's, it's hard, and we're seeing these events that are happening that shakes the conscience of, of, of just all of us. And you go, how, how can this be happening? But if you take a step back and you look at what's happening and you look at how people are being marginalized and how the extreme voices have, have, have become more of the norm, it's an opportunity for leaders to say, you know what? we're going to push the extreme views to the side because we're not going to change them. And we're going to focus on what, what I call the movable middle. And we spend a, a, a great deal of time working with leaders in my company 
about this idea of the movable middle. There are lots of people, probably like us, that are trying to reconcile what's, what's right, what's good, all these different things. We just want to do what's right and best for our organizations. We want to be there. We show up. We put our head down. We don't want to get called out by this extreme over here or that extreme over there. And what we need to do is, is, is move that focus, again, from appeasing one side or the other to focusing on that larger group of people who happen to be quieter, who happen to be, I would say, as determined and as committed to the organization as anybody and focus on them by giving them information, by supporting them, by listening to them, and by understanding that if we bring them in, we can then begin to maybe shrink some of the extremes and, and it gives them a, a, an ability to stand up against them to stop some of these forces on, 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 the, on the edges that you just scratch your head on. Yeah, man, that was, that's good, Brad. Uh, <laughs> the first thing I think of when, when some of the stuff you were talking about there is, do you work with any politicians? Uh, I don't know if it's a lost cause, but, man, they can really <laughs> use that speech. <laughs> really well, you know, it's, it's, it's funny you say that because uh, in, in, in rule number four in our, of, of our belonging rules, uh, it's, it's, it's the idea of, of, of challenge everything. And what's happened in our society, what's happened in our business, is the idea of conflict where two sides come at each other with force. And it can, it's happening in our own families, quite honestly. But where one person has to be right and the other person has to be right, you lock horns, you stay engaged, there is this friction, there is just this really uncomfortable feeling. That's politics. There is no desire for po politicians to disengage. But if you employ the fourth rule, which is challenge everything, the challenge everything idea is it really becomes a creative force multiplier and challenges two people coming into the same conversation with different ideas. But there's a spirit to come up with maybe a third or fourth idea that's better than any of the two original ideas. So if we look mm -hmm. at politics and say politics is only about conflict, it's how they raise money, it's how they keep the, the divide, it's how they keep the far-reaching news stations going. But if we get rid of the conflict and focus on challenge and we teach people in the book how to, how to, how to create healthy challenges, effective challenges, then you eliminate the political chaos and, and make it something that's sane and we can actually move things forward because we're coming up with better, more creative solutions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, today it reminds me of the old Pogo car, comic book, really before my time, but, you know, some of these old comics circulate through uh, the decades, and, and well, shoot, well, well, shoot. And, uh, you know, the, one of the comics was uh, Pogo saying, we have met the enemy, and he is us. <laughs> <laughs> and that really kind of uh, really captures where we're at today. According to George uh, Washington University, have been doing annual surveys on civil strife in this country, 
And it is pretty normal now for 70% or more of the population to think we are going to go into a major violent event, even as much as a civil war, uh, because of the level of strife we had. That is just off the chart unbelievable. That's like sci-fi a few years ago, and now it's like business as usual. Bizarre. Uh, so there's a lot there. Talk about individuals that, and we're getting close to where we need to wrap, wrap up. But talk about what individuals need to be thinking about in terms of addressing like a lot of this. I'm, I'm for example, conservative with a libertarian streak. I force myself to read the New York Times and Washington Post parts of it every single day because I, I have to see that that chamber doesn't make me any smarter and that there's a lot of smart thought outside of my worldview. Those type of things. What are, what are some things you recommend? Uh, I, I love what you just said. I mean, there's, you have an, there's an openness to explore. There's an openness to listen. One of the core tenets of, of belonging is, is that we don't have to agree in order to belong. And I've seen the same, the same survey that you did um, with the, 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 the likelihood or people's belief that there's a likelihood of a catastrophic event. But I also saw something recently uh, and I don't know where I saw it, but it said that uh, there, there is a huge number of people who said even with the disagreement, and maybe it was 75% of the people responding to this, even with the, the, the violent disagreements that we have, there's a belief that we can find a way to have conversations to come together. And I think that um, that's super important. So I look at things like you just said, Going out of your comfort zone to read something else, whether you agree with it or not, it gives you a perspective. So when you have a conversation, you can at least have empathy. I try not to win the conversation with someone else. It's super important to me to go into a conversation just to listen. And one of the rules is listen without labels. If we can begin to not label something as right or left, as conservative or liberal, as black or white, and simply listen to the words of what's spoken and unspoken, and just, just, just to hear without worrying about our response, it changes how we acquire information. I also encourage people to, to, to look at the world through a lens of positivity. We study positivity in organizations, and it's fascinating. I look at positivity not as just a simple concept, but as a, as a broader construct of, Positivity is made up of inspiration, mindfulness, happiness, optimism, and gratitude, those five elements. And every single day, I look to recalibrate or to calibrate where, where I am on, on that scale. If I took, if I, if on a scale of, you know, uh, minus, minus 10 to plus 10, where am I on each of those five elements knowing that I can, I can change my day and my outlook? And the other thing is, is that even though surveys tell us that, that, uh, and the news tell us how bad things are, I, I, I force my office every Tuesday morning, we offer it Tuesdays and Fridays, to have mandatory mindfulness, meditation time, where we breathe and we just work on that pause to recognize in this moment, even though the world is crazy around us, we're Okay. <clears throat> my company is okay, and we go out there. So it's the little things that start with, with the breath, with the pause, 
to the things of reaching out and looking at other, at other forms of media and other information and being open to something being different. It doesn't have to be right or wrong. Yeah, absolutely. There's uh, a lot of truth in some very surprising places. Again, I have to wrap it up with that. Uh, Chris, final thoughts also, uh, Brad and Chris, make sure you give your both of your websites one more time. Final thoughts, uh, Chris, and, and uh, again, both of y'all's websites. Yeah, that was that was some uh, some great thoughts there uh, that Brad shared with us. And uh, Brad, tell us real quick where can people find your book and uh, get some more information about you. Yeah, um, you can find Belonging Rules uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, lots of book, uh, lots lots of places online uh, to to find it. it uh, we're so proud it debuted number three on the Wall Street Journal. So. People are reading it, getting positive uh, feedback on it. You can find me at Deitzer.com, D-E-U-T-S-E-R.com. Follow me at Brad Deitzer on LinkedIn or Twitter. And uh, if, if, uh, if you're interested and want to learn more about our Institute for Belonging, instituteforbelonging.com. So lots of ways to connect. We love to share. We love to talk about this. and We love to bring people together. So thanks for inviting me in. Glad to have you on. Chris, your final thought. Yeah, you kind of covered it there. Give your website one more time. Yeah, uh, you can find me at chriskid.com. It's uh, C-H-R-I-S-K-I-D-D.com. Chris, another great segment. Again, as I said at the beginning, some of my favorite interviews have uh, been facilitated by Chris as he co-hosts. He's with me. I really do recommend you. Uh, it's so important to get accountability. so important to get objectivity. And, uh, I, you know, both what Brad does and what Chris does facilitates that. So check out both of them. I'm Kevin Price. This is the nationally syndicated Price of Business. Stay tuned for more after this.